It's good to see you tonight in the Lord's house. We're going to begin our service with number 89, Angels We Have Heard on High. Let's stand please to worship the Lord tonight. Let's come, please, now to the Lord in prayer. Father, this evening we 
give thanks once more for the great privilege we have of coming into Your holy presence. And Father, we do not want to take this honor for granted. We do not, Lord, want to depend on blessings of a former meeting. But we need, Lord, tonight the fresh supply of grace, the help of the Spirit of God to enable us to pray, to sing, to worship. And Lord, we ask that You would come very near to us now this night. Close us in to our evening service. Bless everyone that has made the effort to be out at the place of praise. Be with those folks who cannot get out, who are shut in. Bless them as they are watching online. Those that are near, some who are farther away. Lord, we ask that in all that we would exalt our Lord and Savior tonight, that His name would be lifted up and that He would be revealed to us more fully from the Scripture. Lord, we're thinking about how we will grow in grace and that what has transpired over this current year and how, Lord, we have sought to walk in Your ways. We have sought, Lord, to have the Scripture impressed on our minds and how we are very conscious of the faults and failures. And yet, Lord, we know that You know our frame and remember that we are but dust. And yet still, Father, we are accepted in the Beloved. Christ has died and we have been given His righteousness, we are clothed tonight with the holy and precious and perfect righteousness of our Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, we would stand each day in the joy of this truth, and we would not be set aside, we would not be overrun by the devil's temptations, but we will be able to say and move forward rejoicing with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Joy that means we can enter in with all the possessions that are ours in Christ Jesus. Father, we are thankful for prayers that have been answered recently. We're thankful for our sister Leah Siman, her own sister, knowing Your hand upon her these medical issues recently. Lord, we're thankful for that. We pray that as Your hand is be upon Serene, You would continue to watch over her in the complications, Lord, of her health needs. Bless her. Be with our brother Ron. We're thankful for Your hand upon Joan. Continue to encourage her. And also for strengthening brother Cranston. Lord, continue. Allow him to get back into the pulpit in Port Hope. Be with our brother Fraser tonight as he ministers the word there. And Lord, all of our ministers in our own congregation and fellowships, bless them tonight as they minister in the word. Remember the congregations that don't have under-shepherds at this time. We do think of our brother Logan Elder, who will soon take over as the minister in Orlando. Father, prepare your young servant now. Encourage his heart. Help him to come face to face with the reality of becoming an under-shepherd 
in a congregation. Lord, equip him, enable him, empower him to be a preacher of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray tonight for our brother Diderno. We're thankful for the opportunity we have a fellowship with him and his dear wife and their little one. And we pray that you would lead Frank forward in the service, open the right door for him, Lord, at the right time. Remember the work in Cloverdale, in Fredericton. And, Lord, we think of Phoenix today. Bless these works and undertake for them, supply their need. And, Lord, we think not just of our own congregations and denomination, but, Lord, we're mindful of others who are faithful, standing for the Word of Christ, preaching the unsearchable riches of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Bless them, Lord. Encourage and strengthen them. And across this country, across our continent, and into the the globe, everyone who is faithfully calling and praying and preaching in the name of the Lord Jesus, bless them and encourage their hearts. And so, Father, be with us now tonight. Remember Reverend Phil Owen, in Boston, remember his family. Remember their prayer request for their little granddaughter. Come near to her at this time and bless her and be with her mother and father in the health needs that she has. So, Father, encourage our hearts. And as we draw near the end of this calendar year, we recount, Father, so many blessings, so many things and ways in which we have known your kind and gracious hand upon us. Fill us, we pray, with joy and appreciation. And Lord, grant to us the reviving of our hearts, the quickening and awakening, the reviving of zeal and desire to serve our Master. Make us soul winners, we pray. Bless our own personal testimonies among our neighbors and friends. And we pray that even in the fellowship here, you will bind us tightly together as brothers and sisters in Christ, and that we will know the joy and precious unity there is in the gospel of Christ. Keep the devil away. Do not allow any seeds of bitterness to be sown at all. Lord, defeat him in every turn that he has of stopping the onward and forward marching of our fellowship. Remember our school. We pray for all of our staff and students and parents. And Lord, we pray that as the Christmas concert will go ahead tomorrow night in your will, that you would bless everyone who takes part. May it be a blessing to all the families. And we pray, Lord, for those who might be unsaved, who would be gathered in, that the gospel would go forward in song and in word. Bless us tonight, we pray, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Number 202, breathe on me, breath of God. We'll stand, please, again as we sing.
Please turn tonight in your Bibles to the book of James, chapter 4. Small epistle of James, right after the book of Hebrews. James chapter 4, reading from verse 10 down to the end of this chapter. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year, buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. The Lord may bless His Word to our hearts tonight as we have read that. Well, we are very glad you're in the service tonight. We're happy to see you all, and we pray that God would warm your heart in the good fellowship with other believers, and that you would be able to enter in with all your heart into our time of worship this evening, welcoming also the folks who are viewing our service online tonight. Let me say a word of thanks as well to the folks who have been praying for me over this past week and for the students of Geneva Reform Seminary. We've now completed the three-week term of lecturing online, and I was sharing with a few folks that it's difficult for the lecturer, but it's also hard for the students when you're trying to be online and paying attention. Well, those young people in our own Christian school who were shut in during the COVID times, they know well what that's like. Online learning is not easy at all for student or for teacher. Nonetheless, the Lord drew very near, and I want to thank you all for your prayers. I felt the weight of your praying. I felt the support, and the Lord came near, and the good fellowship we had, and I hope and pray that the time we spent would be used of the Lord. I said to the students on more than one occasion, if these times we have together are purely academic, then it will be of little value. The more important thing is that we will know the presence of the Holy Spirit with us in the classes and that He will write these precious truths upon your heart. Our subject was the subject of our Lord Jesus Christ in His deity 
and humanity, the subject of the God-man. Well, in theology, it's simply called Christology. Well, that title says it all, as in the volume of the book, the Bible that is written of Christ, it's all about Him, it's all about what He came to do, and He fulfilled that completely. And, uh, well, the classes were a little more involved than that, but it was, I trust, a time of encouragement for the folks. I saw a few people signing the Christmas card in the foyer today, and that was good. Uh, please be sure you do that before you leave the service tonight, even next Lord's Day. And if you'd like to be a part of our special Christmas fund to give an offering to the work in Cordoba, Mexico, Reverend Lalo Pena, then uh, you can mark your envelope, Mexico, and we'll be sure that that offering gets in that direction. When we were thinking about Mexico, we enjoyed the visit of two of the young students uh, from Mexico City last Wednesday night at our prayer time. And if you missed that, you missed a great blessing of their testimonies of how God saved them, how He called them into the work, and do continue to remember to pray for Pablo and Ciso and Ruben Ramirez that the Lord would undertake for these men. And if you would like to be a part of a love offering for them, you could mark your envelope, Mexico students, and we'll be sure that that offering goes toward them and helps them during their time of studying. Tomorrow evening is our Whitfield Christian School concert. At least that is the plan, unless a snowstorm comes in tomorrow and wipes that plan away as it did last Thursday. And uh, do remember, as you can see, things are set up here. There's been a lot of moving in and moving out. Well, we look forward to tomorrow evening, 7 p.m. And if you intend on coming, I encourage you to come early and to get a seat for that service it will be a full house, uh, God willing, tomorrow evening. The ladies' Bible study that was to be on Zoom tomorrow night has also been postponed to early in the new year, and if you're on the email list for that, you will get the notification of exactly when that's going to be. This Wednesday evening, our Bible study and our prayer time, and it will be the last prayer meeting that we'll be holding for this year. And uh, let's come along and be sure we're there to thank God for His mercies and His goodness to us. And there also will be the gym fellowship on Friday night from 6 uh, to 9. Next Lord's Day is a special one for us as we have Christmas Day right on the Lord's Day. And we'll be having the morning service at the regular time. There will be no Sunday school uh, next Lord's Day morning. And there will also be no Sunday school on the 1st of January. We usually take those two times to give the teachers a little break. And so remember that, please. There will be no Sunday school next Lord's Day. But the service is 11 in the morning, 6.30. Oh, no, no. That's going by autopilot. We have our special day next week, and it's going to be the fellowship lunch right after the morning service. And then at 2.30, we plan to have our afternoon praise service. If you would like to be a part of the volunteering program for the Pregnancy Care Center, you could send an email to uh, our brother James Fraser, the clerk of our session, 
or also just to speak to one of us, the elders at the door, and uh, they'll be sure to put your name down, and we'll give you some further instructions a little bit later as that could be organized into the new year. Mentioned this morning about Reverend John Bodder. We've been praying for our brother. And uh, if anyone has an, a retired cell phone, an iPhone, a smartphone, either number six or later model, then please speak to me at the door. We'd like to get that to a friend of the family, the Bodner family, that's preparing that for his use while he convalesces in the nursing and rehabilitation place where he is. You could let me know if you have one kicking around somewhere, hiding in a drawer. There will be no prayer meeting uh, through the week between Christmas and New Year's, and then we will be having communion service on January the 1st, Lord willing, uh, right after the morning service. And we have also planning the week of prayer from January 23rd to the 27th, and if any come forward for Baptism will be holding a service in between on the Wednesday evening. That's all the ministry announcements we have to give to you. And this morning I reminded you about our daily reading Bible calendar. We now have these available for us for our congregation. And also I would say that if folks are listening online and you would like to get a copy of our daily reading calendar for 2023, uh, you could email us and we'll uh, do our best to get a copy sent out to you. But you want to take one of those, and you can get yourself planned. One brother said to me this morning, I want to get one early so I can get a head start and get moving ahead on that. Well, however you would like to do it, and you're going through to read the Scripture, memorizing it, committing it to your heart, that's the important thing. And however you read the Bible, make sure you read it, and read it thoroughly, and the Lord will use His Word to direct us. We, of course, were thinking today in our morning service from Proverbs 3, verse 6, in all thy ways acknowledge Him. Well, you can't really fully acknowledge the Lord in all His ways unless you know His ways. And the best way to know the ways of the Lord would be to read His Word and to pray over it that it will be in our hearts and our minds so we might be able to follow Him aright. Let's sing again, please, number 681. There shall be showers of blessing. Well, maybe those are going to be snow showers of blessing. And however you want to interpret that, we're going to sing for we want the blessing of the Lord to be upon us. We'll stand, please, as we worship. 681.
Turn please now to the book of Psalms, Psalm 90. Psalm 90. Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever Thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, Thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction, Thou sayest, Return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep. In the morning they are like the grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth, and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants, and thy glory unto their children. And yet the be- let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. Let's bow, please, for prayer. Father, once more, as we are around the Word, the open Scriptures, we pray that its light would shine in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. Give help, Lord, I pray, in the ministry of the Word tonight. Give strength, the unction from heaven, 
the fresh oil of the anointing of the Spirit of God. Lord, we need to have power to speak the Word. And every hearer needs the power to listen. And Lord, that it might be applied to our souls and lives. Hear our prayer tonight. Bless us now, we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I want to draw your attention, please, to verse number 12 of Psalm 90. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. The title of the message tonight is this, Your Days Are Numbered, So Count Them Wisely. Your Days Are Numbered, So Count Them Wisely. Eternity, the soul, life beyond the grave, the meaning of life. Is there a purpose to our existence? Why are we here on this earth? Is there a God? These are, my dear friends, tonight more than just philosophical questions. These are questions that plumb the depth of human reasoning. These are searching heart questions because man is constantly yearning to find out the meaning of life and what happens after death. Now, some will contend that You just die as a dog. You're buried in the ground, and that's the end of everything. There is no purpose or meaning for life. There is no greater cause or reason as to why we are here. It's all by chance, all by just random selection, and there's no meaning to life. But the inner witness of the heart and the soul that spans all civilizations and cultures, it gives us evidence that there's something more than that to life. Because man has been on a quest to find out the meaning of why I'm here. And it doesn't matter where you touch on the globe of cultures, be they civilized or uncivilized, Men are always looking to find out what is in the beyond, what's in the afterlife. There has to be something more than just my physical existence here and now. And the searching of those questions is not by accident. It's because there is something in us. It is the witness of God in the heart of a man that there is a higher being. There is a purpose for life. There is a reason behind it all, and that one day there will be an accounting to that being that has made all that we see 
around us in the universe. It might surprise some folks to know that the Bible does not argue for the existence of God. The Bible states that God is. He is the reality, the maker, the creator. In fact, there is one on the opposite side. The Bible goes so far to say that the person that denies there is a God is a fool. Of all their learning, of all their knowledge, of all their acquired gaining of instruction and ability, if they say there is no God, they have denied the evidence that is so, so clearly evident in front of them. The design of all that we see around us, and the evidence of design, it has to lead the common thinking person that there's something behind the design. What is that? It is the ultimate designer of all things. Psalm 90 is the oldest psalm in the Bible. It was written by Moses. Moses knew about God. He knew His attributes, His character, His dealings with men. And Moses was convinced from a first-hand experience with God that He was the Creator of all things. He existed before time. He said, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever Thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, Thou art God. That was Moses' statement of faith. He believed in the Lord. He knew the God of all had created everything, and he made that declaration very clearly. In order to place in perspective the brevity of his life, Moses, and of all men. He lays down the unfathomable premise that God has always been. He further sets out God's absolute sovereignty over all mankind by determining the time of their death when they will return unto the ground. He says in verse 3, Thou turnest man to destruction, and sayest, Return, ye children of men. God is the determiner of the birth and the death of every single being. For an eternal being, time is not durational, but it is in the present tense. And so Moses will say that a thousand years in God's sight are but as yesterday when it is past. Like a soldier's watch of three hours in the middle of the night. As a night's sleep, and when you go to sleep at night time, You don't remember when you went to sleep. What you do remember is waking up in the morning and it seems of the snap of a finger. All of night is past. 
He says that our life is like a tale that is told. It's like a short story. Not like a huge volume that would take you a long time to read, but maybe a page. And you read it, and the short story is over. If a person lives to be the norm of 70 years, maybe 80, we're told there's strength, labor, and sorrow, and it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Where has this past year gone? Someone said that to me today. Where has this past year gone? We are all of us a year older, I hope a year wiser than we started of January 1, 2022. But we are definitely a year older, a year grayer. Some more wrinkles have appeared than at the beginning of the year. Changes are taking place. You say, well, as this year has gone by very quickly, so our entire life is going by very quickly. In the book of James, chapter 4, he says, What is your life? It is even as a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away and we see it no more. As we look at the words of verse 12 tonight, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take this word tonight. And it's my prayer that it will be riveted to our hearts so that we will not take a day for granted we will never be just putting in time, but we will see the value of the time that God has given to us, that we will indeed, brothers and sisters tonight, count the days that God has given to us so that we will glorify Him in the life that He has given us to live. And so there are some things that we can learn tonight and reasons why we should count the days and the years that God has given to us. And the first thought is this, because we need to be instructed by the God to whom we are accountable. Moses said, so teach us. He said, therefore teach us. In light he is saying of all that we know, of all that he knew about God, about the eternal nature of God, about how short a man's life is, how that we are just like a watch in the night, going to sleep and waking up, grass that grows up and is cut down. He said, so Lord, in light of all this, I need to be instructed. I need to be taught. Do you know why? Because we are so often unteachable. So often we are hard-hearted. 
So often we are dopey. We don't get it. We need to be taught. And oh, friends, tonight, let us pray that as Moses was in the school of life and he was seeking for the Lord to instruct him and to teach him, he is an old man now as he's writing this psalm. He had seen so much of life. He had led all the children of Israel through 40 years in the wilderness. Two million people that he was over and in charge of. The burdens and the weariness of life and all the issues that were upon him. Ah, and don't forget, he had witnessed things that no man has ever seen in his life before. He saw God in the top of Mount Sinai. He received from the Lord the law of God. Moses had a life full of experiencing the Lord. And yet he comes to say this, Lord, I need to be taught. I need to be taught to be aware of every single day that you give to me. I don't want to let one go by not accounting. It is the gift from the God with whom we have to do. Human knowledge, it only goes so far. Science can lead us to certain conclusions that are the result of repeatable results. That's really the essence of what science is. For example, when we think about the pulling energy of the earth, the pulling energy, it makes objects gravitate to the ground. And this is a repeatable outcome so that it proves the law of gravity. We have the laws that God has given to us, and it states that the wages of sin is death. And that is and has been seen as a repeatable outcome. Every man that is born in this world comes to the day and the point of their death. And the law of God has told us, the soul that sins, it shall die. And we know that when Adam and Eve broke God's law in the beginning, He told them, in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. And that happened for Adam and Eve, and it was that curse which was brought upon all humanity. Moses is very much aware that though this is a common knowledge to all mankind, that death comes, we need to be impressed and reminded about this. We need to be taught again that this is the case for all of us and not to therefore abuse our life. We must realize that we are very much mortal and the truth upon our minds. We are going to die, and therefore it's important that we are taught by God the implications of this reality. And friends, could I say tonight, if you are not a believer, that implication of your death is something very, very vital for you to learn. As in Adam, 
all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. And the life that you will have if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ is not just life here, it's life eternal. And that is the great promise that God has given. Are your ears open tonight to that truth? Believer, are our ears open tonight to this truth? We must be taught of God and have it reinforced into our mind. We are not here forever. Let us beware of getting our physical roots down too deeply in the soil of this earth because we're not here for a long time. There's something else that we learn from this text. It's this. We should number our days because of the shortness of our life. In the days of Genesis, people lived more than ten times the average age of 80 years. We're told in this psalm that the average age of this life might be 70, and if you have strength, you live to be 80. Well, in the days of Genesis, they lived more than ten times that. Methuselah was 969 years old when he died. And most of the folks around him lived to be at least 900. If you died before 900, you died in early age. That's the way it was back then. So that would be a bit like us being born around the year 1150. And you would be a young fellow of 200 years old if you had been born in 1150 and you would have seen the first English Bible being produced by John Wycliffe in 1380. A few years after that, you would have been aware of Jan Hus of Bohemia, a man who was martyred in 1415 for his faith in Christ. Not too many years after that, the invention of the printing press in 1450 that revolutionized mass communication, followed not long after by Martin Luther, who by God set the spark for the Protestant Reformation in 1517. But you would still be relatively young at 400 years old, and you would see the production of the King James Version of the Bible in 1611 and the Westminster Confession of Faith in 1645, followed by the Puritans that produced the most comprehensive and spiritually illuminated commentaries of the Bible. Then followed John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, 1678, and the preaching of George Whitfield and John Wesley, and the great revivals that took place in England and also in New England of the Great Awakening. And then you'd be coming to the maturity of your years, and you would have lived to hear the preaching of C.H. Spurgeon in the late 1800s, uh, Darwin's Origin of Species around the same time, not to mention the discovery of electricity 
the Industrial Revolution, two world wars, atomic energy, and of course the invention of the computer, the internet, and wireless technology. Yes, if you had lived as long as Methuselah, you would have taken in all those events. But a thousand years, a thousand years in the sight of the Lord, but as one day, but as grass that grows up in the morning, is cut down at night, but, but asleep. Friends, all of these things, does it not impress upon us? Because we are not living for 900 years. We're living maybe for 70, maybe 80, maybe a little bit more. But we are living in such a short time in our generation when we think about it. How much more then does the word that Moses said apply to us today? Lord, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Let us value the time that God has given to us. A third thought we have from this tonight is that we need to number our days because of the uncertainty of how much time we have left. We must make our preparation. Being taught about this is one thing, and that realizing our days are short is but another. But how about the fact that we do not know how many days we have left to live? So if you lived to be 70, you would have a total of 25,550 days to live. And some folks here tonight we might say are living on some borrowed time because they've already gone past the 70. If you are a young person of 20 years of age or coming up near that, you will have lived 7,300 days. And uh, some bad news in all of that, that you would have slept for 2,434 of those days. And that's not even counting the sleep that goes on in church. And so uh, there's some time we have to make up. The point is that of all the days that we think we have to live, we do not know when the last of our days will come. Because the 70 years, the 25,550 days, those are just an average. And we know that there are some who are called in very early age. Some are taken away in what we would call the prime of life. Near 20 years of age, perhaps. Some younger. Some older. And yet God calls as a result of this and of our not knowing, He calls all men to prepare for eternity. And friend, I say to you tonight, do not presume that you have a lot more in front of you. I just heard of a, 
a young sports figure, 18 years of age, in the, in the, in the prime of strength. It was, it was a team down in the U.S. The boy dropped dead. That team, he was in a, a premier team, and his life is over. Sudden heart attack. Something comes in a moment. And that young person of 18, they had not even arrived to their 7,300 days yet, but their day was called, and God is the one who determines. He knows the beginning. He knows the ending. The Lord has said, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. And so, my dear friends, I say in light of that, is it not time that you prepare that you are certain and sure you know that you are ready to meet the Lord? Because if you think you're going to prepare after your life, if you're going to prepare to meet God after you die, you are mistaken. That's the lie of the devil. There is no preparation time then. It will be over. And you will stand before God, the Almighty God, in judgment. And as Moses said, the Lord God of heaven sets all our iniquities before Him. And at that point, you will give an account for them. Oh, my dear friends, I say that to you solemnly tonight. We do not know when our number, our day will be called. Therefore, preparation must be made now. And don't put it off. If you're out of Christ here, young person, whatever is your age, if you have not settled that matter of your eternal soul with Christ and with God, don't let your head go upon your pillow tonight without being sure that you are born again of God's Spirit. You're watching online tonight. I don't know who you are. I don't know from where you're coming. And maybe you've come online tonight purely out of an accident, but God has a message for you tonight. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you don't know your time, friend. Do not be foolish. Do not be negligent. Do not think you've got a whole life in front of you. For one of those days is a day God will call for your life. And therefore, we must be ready. The hymn writer wrote, Life at best is very brief, like the, the falling of a leaf, like the binding up of the grass a sheaf. Be in time. Be in time. Preparation is to be made now. We must prepare for the day when our spirit will leave our body and forever reside in the eternal reward, either in heaven or in hell. There are only two places, only two options. This is why we must number our days and apply our hearts to wisdom. And this wisdom that God is talking about here is the wisdom to receive Christ, the only remedy, the only answer, the only Savior. And to receive Him is to seek the wisdom that God is talking about in this verse. It is to be wise 
unto everlasting life and to receive that gift that God has promised and given freely and to receive it to yourself. My dear friends, this is the offer of the gospel, the good news of salvation. And this is the hope that God has given to us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, we must make preparation. We don't know when the last day will come. And this is wise. My dear friend, this is the admonition we have in the Word tonight. The fourth thought is this. Because of the limited time that we have to invest for eternity. Oh, if we lived a thousand years, if we had a thousand lives living a thousand years, all of those lives would be so little to be able to give back to God for all that He has done for us. But we don't have a thousand years. We have a lot less than that. We have only a short time to invest for heaven. And that's why the Lord has called us Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal. Oh, friends, our Lord Jesus Christ said, I must be about my Father's business. His life was focused on what He came to do. Is your life focused on the purpose that God has given for us to do? Are we focused on glorifying Him? Or are we focused on ourselves? May God help us. You know, we all live our life with some degrees of regret. No matter how many years you live, you'll always look back and think, I wish I should have done that differently. I, I could have invested better. Maybe I shouldn't have invested in that certain thing. We all can look back and think, I have regret. But of all those things whereby we could regret in temporal matters, the greatest sadness, friend, will be when we regret we did not serve the Lord with the opportunities He gave to us. When we put those things aside, and if we've set them aside because of Temporal things? What are we doing? We're weighing in the balance. Temporal over spiritual. Ah, and we know that there is no equality in that balance. For those things that are measured for heaven, gold, silver, precious stones, as opposed to hay, wood, and stubble, ah, let us say, and let us before God say, Father, I want to lay up for you in heaven that which is going to endure, that which is going to be for an eternal crown. In our short time, we want to have our all in heaven for the glory of King Jesus so that we can take our crown off in heaven and cast it at His feet. Let us say, Lord, I want to serve you. Now you might think to yourself, well, I haven't done anything for God. I believe, brothers and sisters, tonight, there are many of you that are going to have 
crowns in glory. And you might not see yourself as being in the public forum, in the public eye, in in the leading of doing service for the Lord, but in a quiet way, you're, you're serving the Lord. And I see that. And you might not see it yourself, but the Lord sees it too, you know, because He sees the cup of water that you give in the name of the Lord Jesus. And God is monitoring that. He's recording those things. Our service for God is not measured by big events. People measure things by big events, but God doesn't do that. He measures things by not splendor and choreography, but He does it by the heart and the obedient spirit whereby we approach His work and His way. And the Lord has promised that He will reward us for things that are done in secret that no one else knows about, but a heart poured out to the Lord is an offering well-pleasing for Him. And therefore, what do we say? We say, Lord, teach us to labor for the Master from the dawn till the setting sun. Teach us, Lord, what it means to talk of all His wondrous love and grace and work. And then when all of life is over and my work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I will be there, and there will be a reward as well for a life lived for the honor of King Jesus. I'll leave one final thought with you. We should number our days and apply our hearts unto wisdom because it is only what is done for Christ that will last. Charles Thomas Studd. We know him as C.T. Studd. He was a wealthy British cricket player who gave up his wealth, his fame, his life to serve the Lord in China, Africa, and in India. He was one of the Cambridge Seven seven missionaries that served the Lord in China and saw great work done for the Lord. Among many of the stirring and rather direct writings of C.T. Studd, and if you get hold of any, reading any of those, your heart will be stirred and a life perhaps rebuked. But among those things, he wrote a poem which became a well-known hymn. If you'd put those up on the screen for us, please. The first verse, it reads this. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord, to meet and stand before His judgment seat. Verse 2, When this bright world would tempt me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, Lord, with joy to say, only one life, 
which will soon be past. It's only what's done for Christ will last. In the verse 3, O let my love with fervor burn, and from the world now let me turn, living for Thee and Thee alone, bringing Thee pleasure on Thy throne. Only one life, yes, only one. Now let me say, Thy will be done. And when at last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say, "'Twas worth it all, only one life, which will soon be past. It's only what's done for Christ will last." I want us to stand, please, and sing this hymn as our closing hymn now. And as the instruments play through the opening verse, just to be sure that you have the words and the hymn together, let's wait and then we'll sing the first verse and the others as well. join together.
Let's bow our heads, please, as we close our meeting now in prayer. And it may be, friend, that the Lord has been speaking to your heart. You're not saved. And you know that it's time to get right and to come to Christ. Well, let me encourage you tonight. Don't delay. Don't put it off right where you are now. You can call on the Lord, repenting of your sin, and you can know that Christ will save you now for time and eternity. And believer, it may be that there are places where all of us need to say, Lord, forgive me for wasted time. Forgive me for lost opportunities. But as we put the past behind us, for that cannot change. We have to say, Lord, please go in front of us and enable us to make use of all the time that the Lord has granted. Father, part us now in your fear with your, with your rich and mighty blessing. Write your truth upon all our hearts and teach us, Lord, what it means to live out and out for our God, to count every moment, to gather up the fragments that we might serve our God. Part us now in your fear with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.